You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Well, time to catch up on the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm Dave Raymond with Adam Berry. Hey, Happy New Year, Adam. 2016 upon us. These Pirates, um, you know, three years running now have been phenomenal. And three years running have been knocked out in that wild card game. I know that they look at this year as another opportunity to be very good in a very difficult division. Uh, what's the general feeling or level of optimism uh, with the Pirates as we turn the calendar? I think, like you said, the Pirates are sort of entering 2016 with the same goal they entered 2015 with, which is to get past that wild card round by avoiding it entirely. You know, I mean, they they are entering this year with the goal of once again winning the NL Central, which seems like it only gets harder over time because the Cubs keep adding and the Cardinals seemingly never go anywhere. So, you know, they have the exact same goal. A lot of people have, have sort of tried to view this as a bridge year. A lot of fans have because Neil Huntington used the word bridge at one point to describe this season. But what he, what he meant was that they're trying to bridge their current core you know, the group led by Andrew McCutcheon and company, to their next one, which is led by the pretty great farm system they have coming up. Um, So it's not a bridge year, but they are trying to bridge a gap between those two groups that hopefully ends in the the playoffs the same as it has the last three years. Yeah, that's that's the the great challenge. Um, And a lot of teams really struggle with that in in the way the game changes year by year and the dynamics, roster construction, and those sorts of things. It'll be interesting to see if the, if the Pirates are able to pull that off uh, well. And, and Lord knows, I think, they, I don't know what it is about the Pirates. I just feel like they've got a lot of fans, a lot of people rooting for them all around the country every year, uh, maybe just because of the, the, the two decades of futility they endured. But um, it, is, it is going to be a kind of a critical year that way. Right, in the sense that they've had to make a couple more moves, like they kind of did last offseason, moves with some risk involved. And, you know, if those moves pay off, then they're going to wind up back in the playoffs. And if they don't, especially with some of the signings that they've made more recently and some of the trades that they've made and the players they've let go, then you could see a potential for a step back, which ideally, in their minds, they would step forward once again in 2017. But there is some risk involved, and I think you've seen that in some of the signings they've made lately. All right, uh, so here's the deal. The, the holidays kind of get in our way and, and able to catch up in a little while. You, you mentioned recent deals. Pirates mm-hmm. one of the few teams really active in the last couple of weeks, and, and part of that was the signing of John Jay Soto, a two-year deal, and, you know, looks like he'll be the first baseman against righties at the very least as they continue to try and replace Pedro Alvarez. What did you make of that deal? Uh, that is – sort of the definition of the small market, high risk, high reward move, I think. And it's it's amusing to me at the very least that they're replacing uh, Pedro Alvarez, whose questions were all about his defense, you know, as he tried to adjust to that position from third base with a guy who is also going to have to learn how to play first base. It's kind of a, a, an interesting move that they made because you thought they might have played a little bit safer defensively just given the, the struggles that Alvarez had. But they went and got Jaso, who has mostly been a catcher and a DH. Um, but he fills two pretty big needs for their lineup, uh, which is why I kind of like the deal, especially at two years and $8 million. Um, 
he's an on-base guy, which they need, and he bats left-handed, which they definitely need to balance out their lineup because otherwise it's Gregory Polanco and a lot of right-handers. So I, I like the deal. I think there is a certain amount of risk, but uh, maybe less risk in the sense that Jaso has played a little bit of corner outfield and the catcher to first base transition is something that has been done by a lot of players before. Uh you know, some, some good points there, and, I, and I'm interested in your, your comment about uh, the lineup because I, I noticed recently you, you jumped in, uh, both feet. You know, who's better clean up for the Bucks? A uh, piece you recently uh, posted at Pirates.com, and I love it. The lineup science, you know, it's, it's always two camps, those who don't care and don't think it matters and those who, who really like to parse it. Uh, so right. give us a little rundown. What do you, what do you see there in the, in the heart of this order? Well, you start with Andrew McCutcheon batting third. I think that's pretty much a guarantee no matter what. And then, to me, it's it's kind of up in the air from there. You look at who could bat cleanup. Jung Ho Gong makes a lot of sense when he comes back healthy, but you look last year, the Pirates didn't want to put a lot of pressure on him by batting him there, and he had a little more success in the fifth spot. So do you put him fifth, and then who's cleanup? They don't have a traditional cleanup hitter, which is something that uh, general manager Neil Huntington has admitted to but he also says they're not necessarily looking for that guy. They want somebody who can keep the line moving, you know, put some balls in the gas, put a couple in the seats, you know, draw a walk, just basically make people a little bit afraid of avoiding Andrew McCutcheon, which is hard to do because most people are afraid of Andrew McCutcheon anyway. Um, so Starling Marte makes some sense there. I could see them rolling Marte back out uh, in, in the cleanup spot as they did some the last couple of years. But then who's at the top of the order? John Jaso is a guy who, uh, when I covered the Rays a couple years ago, batted leadoff in Joe Madden's lineup. I don't necessarily see Clint Hurdle doing that because he likes speed up there. Gregory Polanco satisfies that need as well. But then you bat John Jaso. Second, there's so many moving parts here because they don't necessarily have guys who fit the you know stereotypical batting order spots aside from McCutcheon batting third. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Clint Hurdle does with that even as soon as spring training, you know, getting guys used to different spots and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and not an easy ballpark in, in which to hit there at Pittsburgh. Right. But, uh, well, that'll be a big piece of it. Of course, pitching always a big piece of it as well, and we earlier touched on some signings. Uh, uh, Song now a pirate, and I, I like that. I like that addition. I, I've always kind of been a fan of his. I know there have been some ups and some downs with him, but uh, good to see him back in a Pirates uniform. Yeah, it's kind of bringing his career full circle in a sense. And I, I spoke to him uh, shortly after he signed. He said it's not like he wants to you know, retire. He's not saying he's done. But it, it was a priority for, for Ryan Vogelsong to come back to Pittsburgh where he was a bad pitcher on a bunch of bad teams and try to pitch well for a playoff-bound team. That's important to him. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to cover uh, Ryan Vogelsong in San Francisco the year that he came back from Japan and what an incredible story that was. Um, this is a guy who pitches with a lot of heart. Um, probably doesn't have the stuff even that he had a couple years ago, but as a back-of-the-rotation starter, you know, there there is a little bit of upside there. He had some good stretches last year. It's not a, a move that fans have been particularly excited about, probably because they were hoping for a, a Mike Leak or a Scott Casimir or something, but, you know, it's a it's a, an affordable signing and a guy who's, you know, he can fill the back of the rotation. He'll give you some innings. And ideally, I think they would like to see some of those rotation spots filled by the middle of the season with somebody like Jamison Tyon or Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, I just, you know, for the fans, I just think that 
they might be recalling a different Ryan Vogel song. I just think he's a, a, a lot different guy sure. today than he was when he struggled coming up with this team. Right, Vogelson might bring back some some bad memories of the Pirates of years gone by. Hey, speaking of memories, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, news comes out later this week, and we will find out who is in the next class of Hall of Famers. Not a real Pirates-heavy ballot, to be certain. I mean, the only real relations there, Barry Bonds, who most people probably in Pittsburgh have, have moved on. Um, and then, uh, I guess, Jason Kendall, but... Uh, any, any thoughts on the, on the Hall of Fame ballot? Um, well, none in, none in particular that stand out. I think for the most part, um, you know, King Griffey is the obvious. King Griffey Jr. is the obvious choice, and I'm thrilled to see him uh, get in there. I'm curious to see if that's a unanimous pick. I think that could be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, Kendall is one of those guys who's going to get probably passed over just given the gigantic class of deserving candidates that he's that he's entering, but. You know, you look at the start of his career, and it was really impressive. Injuries derailed him quite a bit. But, you know, to play as long as he did and as relatively consistently, you know, as he did, I think deserves some merit. And it's, it's sad to see some guys like that get, get kind of glossed over at this time of the year when we focus on, you know, the huge, you know, highlight Hall of Famers. You know, there are guys who had really solid careers, like Kendall, uh, who, who deserve some recognition and some reflection, you know, at, at this time of the year. Yeah, I, I'd put him in a class there with Brad Austin, who's not going to be a Hall of Famer either, but was right. an awfully good catcher for, for many, many years. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, well, good stuff, man. Uh, listen, next week we'll, we'll check in again and see what, what else has developed with this Pirates team as they continue to bridge uh, this wild bridge in 2016. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Right, Adam Barry, MLB.com Extras, the Pittsburgh Pirates edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 